following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Before I begin, I want to pray over these next few moments. I want to pray that God has his way. That's what I want tonight. Because God's presence is in the room, ladies. I don't know if you can feel it already, but it's here. And his presence is here to heal. Not just physically heal you, but emotionally heal you. It's going to heal in a way that maybe you didn't even know you needed healing. Because God is here to do business tonight. Okay, some of you businesswomen in the room, he's here to do business tonight. Okay? There's a transaction that he is offering. Okay, let me explain what I'm talking about. He's going to place some things across the table. Every time we open the word of God, God is going to place some things across the table. And it's going to unveil themselves during our time together tonight. All right? And it's up to you to choose whether or not you want a transaction. Ladies, hear me tonight. God is a gentleman. He's not going to force you. He's not going to twist your arm. He's not going to make you do something you don't want to do. He's just going to simply say, if you'll give me this, I'll give you that. If you want to receive this, then you're going to have to give me that. God is a gentleman, okay? If you want this new breakthrough, then you're going to have to give me the old junk. If you'd like this new chapter in your life, then you're going to have to close the last one. If you want hope again, you're going to have to give him your despair. You see, God's going to put things on the table as we open the word of God, and he does it every single time. And it's up to you what you take. And you cannot take stuff unless you let some stuff go. So I'm going to pray for you right now, if we could pray. God, I pray that you would speak tonight. I pray that I would get out of the way and that you would speak to our hearts, that you would speak to our minds, that you would speak in this place tonight. God, open our ears to hear your voice, not the voice of others, not the voice of the enemy, not the voice of guilt, of unworthiness, of fear, depression, or anxiety. Just you, God, you and only you. Come on, the voice of love, the voice of peace, the voice of promise and of grace and mercy and freedom and forgiveness and joy and strength and hope. Come on, in Jesus' name, we ask all of these things. And everybody said amen. 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 Come on, we love our God. We love our God. Thank you, Jesus. If you've got your paper Bibles, your paperback Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Philippians. If you've got the Bible app on your device, you can click on Philippians. And if you have neither of those things, we've got you covered. Don't worry. All right? We're going to have it on the screens here behind us. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 3. Ladies, I hope you've enjoyed everything so far. And we're not done yet. Don't worry. Philippians chapter 1 verse 3 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, 
always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6 is the word I want to hone in tonight. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident of this very thing. Confident. So tonight I want to speak on something that if we're honest in this place, I think we all face in our lives. And that is confidence. Have you ever seen a woman or a friend and something was just different about her? She had this glow about her. And you're like, man, what? I don't know what it is, but there's just something different about you. And what you didn't know is that she was newly pregnant and she hadn't shared the news. And that's what it was. She just glowed. She just had this different look about her. Something had changed. Something was different. And it was. Something had changed. Something was different. So I kept going over that and over our theme for the whole night, which is glow. And so my title tonight, because we want something to change and something to be different in us, is You Glow, Girl. Come on, you got the t-shirts. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to everyone in your circle around you, and I want you to look at them in the eye, and with a lot of sass and a lot of attitude, I want you to say, you glow, girl. And you may be seated. Thank you, Randy. It's practically impossible for you to fulfill your purpose if you don't have confidence. If you could put a price tag on confidence, what would you value confidence at? I don't know about you, but sometimes I wish I could just go to a store and buy some confidence. Like, I haven't found that section of Target just yet. I'm looking for it. Because there's times when I I really need to go just buy some confidence. Because I need it in the big areas of my life. I need it in the small areas of my life. I need it year to year. I need it day to day. And can I be real honest? Minute to minute sometimes. We need confidence. Your faith needs confidence. The scripture tells us in Hebrews 4 and 16 to boldly approach God's throne of grace. But you will never boldly approach God if you lack confidence. Do I have any single ladies in the building? Come on. All the single ladies. Where are you? Where are you? You need confidence, ladies. All you single ladies, you need confidence. You need to know that you are loved. You need to know that confidence doesn't come because of the person you're with. Amen? You need to know what God says about you, that you're amazing, that you're beautiful, that you're strong and valuable. Stop waiting for Friday, ladies. Stop waiting for summer. Stop waiting for someone to fall in love with you. Come on, happiness is achieved when you make the most of the moment that you're in right now. Just a piece of advice. Any married women here? Come on. All my married women. 
My marriage requires confidence. All right? I can't do marriage unless I have some confidence. You see, I need confidence to express my love to Bradley. Baby, I love you. <laughs> but I also need the confidence that I'm worthy of being loved. How about motherhood? Any mamas in the building? Yes, yes. As a mother, you need confidence. Even if you're like, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but I'm confidently doing it. Right? <laughs> you need confidence. Confidence raising five-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 17-year-olds. You need confidence with those kids. Going to work next week, some of you are thankful you have two days of no work and you're so excited. But Monday morning, right? You're going back to a job that you're not passionate about, that you're not in love with, but you need the confidence to put both feet down and declare that God has me here for such a time as this. Come on, you may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Come on. We need confidence. So I have a lot of passions in my life, a lot of passions. Like you, I love a lot of things. Um, I'm very passionate about my family. I love the humans. I don't know if you saw a picture of them earlier. I love the humans that I live with. I really, really adore them so much. Um, I'm very passionate about this church, about this house. It's very, it's a big passion of mine. I'm passionate about the Lord. I love serving him. It's my biggest honor. But what you may not know about me, okay, I'm really passionate about a TV show called The Office. Okay, okay. Man, I really thought I was going to be like judged. Okay, good. <laughs> Judgment-free zone, ladies. I am a Dunder Mifflinite. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, is, it is just my guilty pleasure. I just, I'll do laundry and watch it. It's just, it's just something to get my mind on nothing, just nothing. It's wonderful. In fact, I challenge anyone to a trivia game of The Office, and I confidently state that I will win. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm also passionate about organizing and cleaning. Anybody else? I'm not alone. I know, I'm one of those. I, I have a lot of OCD tendencies. My family loves me for it. Um, I don't believe in clutter. I think it's ungodly. I really do. Um, making my bed every day is a thrill. I don't know. Loading the dishwasher is a game to me. My husband will literally say, there is no possible way that you can get this bowl in this dishwasher. And I say, watch, watch. It's like Tetris. I, I, can, I can maneuver things just right, and I'm like, boo, yeah, got it, done. Yeah. People get a kick out of my purse. They, they'll see my purse, and they, they laugh. They think it's funny. I, I don't know. It's just organized. I don't know. Um, you're welcome to look at it when we're done here. It's no big deal. I kind of take that scripture in the Bible, let all things be done decently and in order, to mean my car and my closet. That's just me. I have a lot of passions, uh, but one of my greatest passions is praise and worship. Amen. Truly. 
I love leading worship and helping the team out and serving on this team here at Christian Life. And you may have seen me up here a time or two. I, I kind of like to get my worship on. I'm, I'm a worshiper. I, re- I really, really love it. It's a big passion. Uh, oh, Lord, no. Uh, but this particular passion of mine and singing, I haven't always had confidence in. I remember the exact moment. I'm going to go down memory lane just a little bit. I remember the exact moment when I asked my mother, how do you sing harmony? I was the old age of nine. Nine years old, almost ten, very, very young, and I grew up in a singing family. I grew up where my parents sang all the time, my aunts and uncles sang, my grandmother sang. We were around singing all of our lives. And harmony was just so beautiful to me. It would be nothing for family gatherings to turn into church, to turn like weeping, and because we're all at the altar at, in our home. And it was just concerts and talent shows. And I, I, we were just around it all the time. So we're driving home from church Wednesday night. And my younger sister, Caitlin's in the back seat, who was six at the time. So I asked my mom, how do you sing harmony? I just, I really, really want to know how to do that. So my very patient mother looked at me and said, well, and then began to explain this complex concept of singing a third above, a third below, and following, and our little minds were just running as fast as they could to keep up with this information and trying to absorb what she was explaining, when suddenly it clicked. And I don't mean like kind of sort of clicked, like truly, truly clicked. And not just for me at the age of nine, but my baby sister at the age of six. We just got it. And what was so funny, my mom was so shocked. This is in the 90s. She was driving a Cadillac at the time, and she had a mounted car phone in the center on the floor. Anybody else? Had a, it was like a big deal. This was really cool. There was no cell phones, but there were a car phone was mounted on the floorboard of the car. She could not wait to have us sing for my father. She grabbed that phone, called him up and said, Rex, you're not going to believe this. And we sang in three-part harmony for my dad before we even made it home. It was a really big deal. And what's so interesting is my daughter Caroline turned six in three days. I can't even imagine singing harmony with her right now. I mean, that's how young Caitlin was. It was crazy. And so began the start of special songs for special occasions. And we were a much smaller church then, so my dad loved to pull us on stage and sing for people and youth choir and adult choir and praise team and weddings and funerals and, and, and the most random odd places that no one should ever sing yet, but your father, my father, calls us over because he just met this complete stranger who they share the same background where they used to live and grow up in high school and sing, girls, sing. Okay, because listen to me. And there's only two people in this world that know this to be true, my two sisters. When Rexydale tells you to do something, you do it. 
But in those formative, formative, crucial years of my life, I was constantly facing the enemy. I was up against something I just couldn't seem to shake. You see, I had a different gift than my baby sister. Caitlin's gift looked very different from mine. She had this, and still does, this gorgeous high range, and it was effortless, and she could sing with so much strength and so much power, and the girl could growl at the age of 11. (laughs) Growl, like Aretha Franklin kind of growl, okay? I, on the other hand, had this lower range, the struggle was real to really reach these right, the right notes, and I couldn't seem to push enough to make a semi-pleasant sound. Caitlin's putting chills on people at the age of 10, and I couldn't do that. So I began the process. I compared, I compared, I compared. I did not have confidence. And this would last for years, comparing her voice and her gifting to mine. And did I even have a gifting at all? You see, this came so natural for her. And why is it such a struggle for me? It got to the point where I kind of gave up on wanting to sing solos and singing by myself. I had no desire to do it. Because I just knew that as soon as I did, somebody in the audience would be comparing the two of us and saying in their mind, sit her down and give her sister the microphone. (laughs) Put me in a trio. I'm really great in the choir. I'm I'm really good at alto. I can hold the, I know the harmony, but just don't make me sing alone. And then the day came. I was about 18 years old. And our worship pastors at the time, many of you will remember Jonathan and Alicia Moore. And uh, they were incredible mentors in my life. They were asked to lead worship at a summer camp. Well, it was a really, really high honor. I mean, it was going to be a lot of people that would attend this service, and it was kind of a big deal. But what made it so exciting is that they came to Caitlin and I and said, we want you to be on the worship team. Well, hello, I'm 18 years old. I know there's going to be cute boys. I know there's going to be cute boys. Um, A chance to go put on a new outfit and get on stage? Yes, please. Yeah. So there was going to be about 1,500 to 2,000 people in attendance, which was the most we had ever had a chance to sing in front of. So it was going to be a really exciting thing for us. So here we are, our new outfits, and we curled our hair with those hot sticks. Anybody else? (laughs) We were looking fine, like real fine. And, And, you know, it's all smiles, and everybody's in their place. Well, let me tell you, and this is the early 2000s, There was a song that came out in the year 2000. You may remember it's called Shackles by Mary Mary. Anybody? Come on. So that was a new song, and it was kind of like the it song. Like, if you sang that song, you're really good. Like, you're a good group. You know, we're very modern. We're very up and coming, you know. So we were really excited about this song because we just knew the Holy Ghost was just going to fall on that place, and we were just, woo, have a shout-out service. We knew it was coming. We knew So we're all up there practicing, going through it. Mind you, we have about a 75-voice choir behind us, the whole praise team, and we're just going for it. And and Alicia Moore turns to me in practice and says, Hey, Cassidy, I want you to do verse 2 on shackles. 
Kate, you meant Caitlin. You meant Caitlin. Right, you meant her. Me? Oh. And immediately, joy is gone. Excitement is gone. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And I start causing a scene, turning to the left and the right of me, begging for someone to take this solo. You can do this, right? You, you, know, you, you sing this. You sing this. No, you can't. You, you sing this. You can do this. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Hey, Caitlin. Caitlin, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll do anything for you. <laughs> sing this song for me. I can't do this. I can't do this. And here I am trying to give away my gifting, trying to give away my calling, the very thing that God gave me, I'm trying to sell it to somebody else. And in the midst of my whining and ridiculous banter back and forth with everybody, which again, I know I'm making a scene, Jonathan Moore turns to me in front of God and everybody, the praise team, the choir, everybody, with the most disgusted look on his face, in the loudest, most strongest tone he could muster up, without remorse or regret, yell, I'm 18, yells out at me, will you shut up? That was, that was my youth pastor. And that was the moment. That was the moment I found out my biggest enemy was my inner me. I believe there are many women in this room, if not all of us, that need to hear this tonight. There is an enemy prowling around your life, whispering fear, doubt, lies, deceit, insecurity, over and over and over again. Now you... Now you speak it into existence. You believe it and you buy into it and you accept it over and over and over again. Hear me. I am so sick and tired of the enemy trying to have victory over our giftings. Victory over our callings. And victory over us trying to hide the children of God that we are. I'm sick of it because you being you was God's plan A. I left that summer camp saying to myself, enough is enough. And something happened to me when I made up my mind as a young woman determined to gain my confidence in my gifting. And every time I grabbed a microphone, I grabbed my confidence. Because you grab your confidence through action. Confidence doesn't come by talking about it. Confidence comes from doing. It wasn't going to come by me thinking about it. It was only going to come when I stepped up and started singing and leading. Because you never know until you go. Faith isn't a feeling, and some of you are waiting for faith to come over you like a feeling. You're waiting on confidence to come and overwhelm you. You're looking for boldness, and it doesn't work that way. Faith is a decision. Faith is an action. 
And every time I grabbed my microphone, the more confident I became. Why? Because the fastest way to grab your confidence is simply through repetition. The repeating of a behavior creates confidence in my life. Hear me tonight. Repetition creates reputation. Hear me. Whatever you repeat is what you become known for. So what are you repeating? Because your life is the result of what you have been repeating. That's why, ladies, if you repeat gossip, you become known as the gossip train. Can we be real? If you repeat drama, hey, there goes the drama queen. If you repeat addiction, you become known as an addict. Because my life is the result of what I repeat. And if I want a new result, then I have to repeat a new thing. The more I repeat it, the more I become confident at it. So here I was wasting so much of my time trying to have what Caitlin had instead of what I had. Ladies, we all know what this road leads to. It leads to jealousy and envy. Instead of rejoicing for someone and their gifting, we get jealous. And this vicious cycle goes on and on, and it destroys the body of Christ. Proverbs says, are you ready for this? Envy rots the bones. It's plain as day, ladies. I'm not a part of that joke. I don't know what happened. (laughs) We spend so much time trying to figure out who we're supposed to be like. We don't realize we're just supposed to be more of who we already are. Ladies, Paul is writing in Philippians from our text here tonight. Paul is writing to the church. He's pastoring us. He's speaking to us, Apostle Paul. And he says, he's encouraging us in Philippians that you need to be confident in this, that he who began a great work in you, he will complete it. He will finish it. That sounds real good, but you have to walk it out. Hebrews 12 and 2 says that he is the author, perfecter, and the finisher of our faith. So guess what, ladies? He's on every step of the journey with us. He's the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of our faith. That excites me. Because you know what's dangerous to the devil? Can we get real right now? Come on. When a child of God knows the truth of who she is to the extent that you realize, come on, that you have nothing to prove. You don't have to post stuff to prove stuff. Come on. We live in a social media world, ladies. And if I know what God says about me, then why would I give up what God says about me for an opinion of someone who thinks what they think about me, who didn't, are you ready for this? Who didn't form me, who didn't knit me, who didn't call me, who didn't bleed for me, who didn't die for me? Come on, ladies. Some of the best advice I have ever been given is don't take criticism from people you would never go to for advice. And too often we do it, don't we? We hear something negative, go straight in. Uh Uh-uh. 
Absolutely not. You know, it's interesting. At the very beginning, very, very beginning of time in the Garden of Eden, the snake, who was the enemy, comes to Eve and says, God doesn't want you to be like him. That's why he's telling you not to eat the apple. But what she didn't remember is she was already like him. You know why? She was created in the image of God. So if you're already, cre- if you know you're created in his image, then whatever parts of his image that he gave you, you already have. You see, it's pretty amazing to me. The lie of the enemy has not changed. We're talking about Garden of Eden to 2019. The lie is still the same. It's the same whisper. Come on, the same lie. You're not enough. You're missing out. If you were just more like her, if you just did that. Let me remind you of what the Bible says because the truth sets us free, ladies. You know what truth says? That we are more than conquerors. That we are loved. That we are secure. And we are strong because we belong to him. Ephesians 2 and 10 says we are God's workmanship that we are handmade and created by God. God is obsessed with you. He's obsessed with the details of how you were made, so don't you dare. Come on, Mama Cass is coming out. (laughs) Don't you dare talk bad about what God handmade. You don't get to dictate your value. He's already declared you're worth dying for. God created that other person for another purpose. Don't let the enemy have control or the victory over your time. Use this time, this life to discover who you are and what God has created you for. Because you are his workmanship. You are a piece of art. Ladies, listen to me. God can only anoint you, not the person you're trying to be. Colossians 3 and 2 says, keyword, set your mind on things above, another keyword, and fixing your eyes on Jesus. And if we're honest, a lot of what we fix our eyes on is each other. And a lot of the setting we're doing on our minds is on each other. So when you're fixing and setting on the wrong things, you end up comparing and competing. And here we are as the body of Christ turning in on each other instead of strengthening one another. God cannot anoint a version of you. He can only anoint you. How you view yourself and how you view other people will determine if you live a confident life. So many of us, many of us, we have a low view of ourselves and a high view of other people. You know what we call that? Insecure. Let me talk to you. Rest assured that insecurity is holding you back more than almost anything else in your life. Insecurity is holding you back. You believe it can happen for them, but you don't believe that God can use you. You're trapped in it. Insecurity, hear me, is one of the ugliest traits that you can take on. And I don't care how much makeup you put on it. I don't care how you dress it up. I don't care how many filters you use on the gram. (laughs) Insecurity on the inside 
is one of the ugliest traits that you could ever walk out. It's not who you're called to be. Insecurity is marked with negative self-talk. What are some of the things that you say about yourself? How about this? I can't. Mess. Ugly. Fat. We love that one. Stupid. Failure. Is this sounding familiar to anybody? Worthless. And this is what we see. This is the first thing we see when we wake up in the morning. This is the last thing we see before we go to bed. And over time, you don't, have, you don't even have to see it to believe it. It just becomes who you are. And God has not called you to live in insecurity. He has not called you to live in comparison. This beast is killing us from the inside out. Because we have this high view of other people and a low view of ourselves. Hear me, ladies. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to confront you. Because you can't change what you won't confront. The only way your life is going to look different is when you break out of the prison of insecurity and you understand that you're a child of God. Come on, fearfully and wonderfully made. Hear me tonight. No one is above me except Jesus Christ, and he deserves my all in wonder. God has created me with a purpose. He has designed me. He has called me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I am a royal priesthood. Come on. I'm a holy nation. I belong to God. And knowing that we are the chosen and worthy daughters of God gives us all the confidence that we need. Come on. It, you know what it gives us? It gives us Godfidence. Come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want Godfidence. What is Godfidence? The confidence to push fear aside, brokenness in the past, and labels of the world down to step into our God-given purpose. There is one thing that I want to clarify. Please understand this. Confidence doesn't trump skill. All right? I don't want just a confident doctor. Like, I, could you imagine? Could you imagine going into surgery? You're about to be cut open, and the doctor comes in and goes, I'm confident. And you're like, great. Where did you go to school? I didn't, but I'm confident. Uh, no, 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 thanks. We're good. We'll, we'll be leaving now. We're done here. Because confidence doesn't trump skill, but confidence is just as valuable as skill. Amen. Romans 12 and 6 says this, having gifts, which are talents and qualities that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So let's break that down. The first thing you've got to understand about this scripture is this, there are going to be people that have similar gifts, but one may be stronger than the other person even though they're giftings in the same area. See, this was my issue. This is exactly my issue. I had a gifting. It was just different than her gifting. 
It's all according to the grace that God gives you to do what you're called to do. Let us use the gifts. So ladies, I wonder how many of us have gifts that we aren't using because you disrespect your gift. I didn't think my gift was worth anything. I didn't think it was worth paying attention to. I didn't think it was important. And she might say, well, the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're right, it does. But let me tell you what that scripture is meaning. It means you can do all things that God has called you to do through Christ who strengthens you. So you can't just go do anything and everything you want to do because someone else is doing it. You can't go beyond the grace of God for your life. And just because someone can do something you can't doesn't mean you have a weakness. It just means that you need to learn to function in your gifting. Because God's got everything covered. Did you know that he put a desire for everything in all of us? He put this desire so everything is covered, so the whole job gets done. And we don't have to be jealous and critical. We can just love each other and work together. What a concept. So I want to share with you tonight a confidence checklist. And if you find that you need help in a lot of these seven things that I'm going to give you, then Stella, we got to get your groove back. (laughs) All right? Come on, you glow girl. You tell your neighbor, you glow girl. Number one, number one for a reason. A confident woman knows she is loved. Hear me. I'm talking about being loved by God. That's what I'm talking about. That He loves me. He loves you. This is so important, ladies, that you get this. If you don't hear anything else tonight, you need to hear this. The love of God is the healing for everything that ails you. Everything. And I'm not talking about head knowledge. I'm talking about that you know, that you know, that you know God loves you. And no matter what you do, It's an everlasting, unconditional love. He's never going to stop loving you. Number two, a confident woman refuses to live in fear. Don't let fear rule your life. God knows you and knows where you've been. God has a plan for you. Don't fear, trust. Number three, a confident woman has a positive attitude. Woo, let's stay on this a minute, just one minute. Because some of you are praying for confidence and you're negative. (laughs) Hear me tonight. Oh, well, thank you, my dear. Hear me tonight. Confidence and negativity, they don't mix. It's like oil and water. All right? So being positive is a choice, ladies. No one can rule your attitude but you. You have the power to be happy. Number four. A confident woman recovers from setbacks. She refuses to live in self-pity. Because hear me, you can be pitiful or powerful, but you can't be both. Setbacks are not failures. They're educators for the future. Number five, a confident woman avoids comparisons. I said it before, but Proverbs says, envy rots your bones. The Bible also says, thou shalt not covet. 
Stop wanting what someone else has. Can I ask you, what's your mood when you get off of Instagram and Facebook during your day? What is your mood like? Do you find yourself uplifted or do you find yourself down? Because have you just been sitting there seething? You're seeing vacations and highlight reels of everybody's life and their children are perfect. Life is beautiful. My husband is amazing. And here you are in your mundane Tuesday with laundry up to your earlobes. Come on. Come on. Sometimes it's just, just put it away. Just, just put it away. Number six, a confident woman takes action. She's aggressive, not passive. Come on, women. She takes action. She doesn't talk about the problem. She does something about the problem. She searches for a solution. Come on, solution-oriented women. I love it. Number seven, our last one. A confident woman does not live in if only and what if. If only I had more education. If only I had more money. If only I had married him. If only I had more friends. Come on, ladies. You may ask yourself, so how do I fix my view of myself? How do I do this? How do I fix that? The only way to fix your view of yourself is to fix your view of God. Until you understand whose you are, you will never know who you are. Do you know that no title, no position, nothing I ever do on this earth will ever be greater than the simple truth that I am his daughter? That's it. That's my testimony. That's my greatest accomplishment. And I didn't do anything to deserve it. He just gave it to me. The second part of fixing my view and knowing God correctly. First John says, you can't love God and not love my kids. So I can't imagine tonight if, if I get off this stage and someone comes up to me and says, Cassidy, I love you. I'm behind you. I'm for you. I needed that tonight. But to be real honest with you, um, I don't really like your kids. And to that, I would say, excuse me? <laughs> what? Because we're not good. We're not good. You see, that's my kids. That's my babies. Um, you can't love me and not love my kids. So how many of us in the body of Christ say, God, we love you. And then we walk out of these doors let me speak tonight. We treat other people the way we judge other people, the way we talk about other people, the way that we silently size up other people. We're saying, God, I love you, but I'm not okay with your kids. Hear me. When I fix my view of God, it starts to adjust and fix my view of everything else around me. Including myself and other people. 
Come on, you've got a glow, girl. Something has changed on the inside of you. Something is different. You have Godfidence. Can we all stand in this place? I've got two things I'm going to give you. If you find yourself in an identity crisis here tonight, I want to tell you two things, two things. Number one, gear up. Gear up. Be in the word of God. Get ready for battle. Because listen, if you know who you are in God and who you are in the word of God, you'll be ready. Because this is a never-changing, always constant. Gear up and know who you are based on what God says you are. So gear up. Number two, team up. You need to have a team that's in the Word when you're not in the Word. Surround yourself strategically with people that are wiser than you, smarter than you, who are cheering you on because we're better together. Gear up and team up. Can I encourage you? God does not want you to live insecure. You've got nothing to be ashamed of. You've got nothing to be afraid of. Don't live in shame and fear. Let me remind you tonight that God doesn't change. We change. Even when we are faithless, He is faithful. Whatever God starts, God finishes. Whatever God begins, he's the one who brings it to an end. His strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. He's the author and perfecter and finisher of our faith. The author doesn't say this about you. You know what the author speaks over you? He speaks capable. He speaks smart, loved, amazing, beautiful, fearless, brave. That's what the author speaks about you. I want to close out our time tonight in prayer. And I want to do this as a body of Christ. I'm not going to make you come forward, but as I mentioned before, as women, we need to team up. So what I want us to do is I want us to make circles all over this room, 10 or 12 women, just where you're standing. Turn around and I want you to link arms, link hands, join together. Because here's what I want. I want you to pray for yourself but I want you to pray for your sister. Ladies, we need each other. I want you to have the confidence to speak life to the lady to the right and left of you. I want us to pray for that glow, for that confidence that we all need. Father, you are here. There is an exchange in the atmosphere. God, I pray not one person would miss it. I pray you would take this word, that you would place it on every heart in the exact place that they need it. God, I pray that you would have your way.
you, God, for your word. It works every single time. We invite you into the most intimate part of us, where we're most vulnerable, where we're broken, where we lack confidence. As women of God, we are sick and tired of listening to what the enemy says about us. We are turning our ears to you. We're turning our hearts to you, to what you say about us. I believe the women in this place, they want to leave here with a glow that this world will recognize, that we carry confidence, that you are what is different about us, that we find our confidence in you. 